On October 6, 2020, the juice company Ocean Spray gifted a man a new Nissan truck that was packed full of cran raspberry juice. To understand why this happened, we need to go all the way back to 1976, when a band in emotional turmoil was recording their latest album in California. Fleetwood Mac was looking to create a successful follow-up to their eponymous 1975 album, which was the first to include guitarist Lindsey Buckingham and vocalist Stevie Nicks. During the recording of the album, Nicks and Buckingham were breaking up with each other. Drummer and founding member Mick Fleetwood was going through a divorce with his wife, who had been having an affair with Fleetwood's best friend, and bassist John McVie and singer-slash-keyboardist Christine McVie had divorced after eight years of marriage. Also, everyone was doing a lot of cocaine. Despite, or perhaps because, because of the dense emotional anguish the band was experiencing, the record they created, Rumors, was a runaway success, hitting number one in the UK charts in the US Billboard 200. Rumors earned the Grammy Award for Album of the Year in 1978 and has been included on several publications lists of the best albums of the 1970s and the best albums of all time. Each of the four singles released for the album hit the US Top 10, with the second single, released on March 24th of 1977, becoming the band's only number one single in the U.S. The entire album was recorded in the main studio of the record plant in Sausalito, California, but the number one single was written in another studio on site. One day, when I wasn't required in the main studio, I took a Fender Rhodes piano and went into another studio that was said to belong to Sly Stone of Sly and the Family Stone. It was a black and red room with a sunken pit in the middle where there was a piano and a big black velvet bed with Victorian drapes. I sat down on the bed with my keyboard in front of me. I found a drum pattern, switched my little cassette player on, and wrote the song in about ten minutes, said Stevie Nicks. Other members of the band were reluctant to record the song, with Christine McVie calling it boring. But Nix insisted, and McVie changed her mind after Buckingham had his way with the track, proving that the Buckingham-Nix dynamic worked flawlessly on a professional level, even as their personal relationship struggled. Flash forward to September 25th, 2020. Life is hell, rumors singles still receive regular radio play, and U.S. resident Nathan Apodaca's truck is broken down on his way to work at an Idaho potato processing plant. Apodaca grabs his trusty longboard and a bottle of crayon raspberry juice from the truck, and on his way to work, he shoots a quick TikTok of himself boarding, enjoying some juice, and lip-syncing to a song Stevie Nicks wrote in 10 minutes 44 years ago. Responding to Apodaca's refreshing good vibes and good taste in music, the TikTok goes viral and Fleetwood Mac's number one single hits the U.S. charts again and reaches number one on iTunes. On October 4th, 2020, Mick Fleetwood himself recreates the TikTok, and two days later, Ocean Spray capitalizes on Apodaca's appeal by giving him a truck full of juice and the truck to go with it. Just like Ocean Spray, we too want a piece of Apodaca's good vibes and success. That's right. We're talking Fleetwood Mac's dreams on Cover Me. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one will only love you when it's playing. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my for sale co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. I forgot to write out the uh, that part of the intro, so that was, that was on the fly. <laughs> Have you any dreams you'd like to sell, you know? Am I selling dreams? From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you. Um, Alex, how you doing? I got a dream. 
It's about it's a Scorpion King movie. Don't worry about it too much though. Did you watch the Scorpion King movie recently? Uh, it was a couple months ago, and then I had to dream about it. Now is this, okay, just like you were asleep and you yeah, it was like the Scorpion King. Okay, yeah, it wasn't. I'm like I want to make a Scorpion King movie because no one's you done it before. No, there's it. so many Scorpion King movies. <laughs> no, I just had a dream about a Scorpion King sequel, but you know I got to keep that secret. I don't want anyone stealing my Scorpion King sequels. Right. Scorpion King 2. Actually, it would be like Spider Scorpion King 6, I Man. think. Oh, sure. Because there's so you many You just call them. it Scorpion King, probably. Hell, Reboot. tell you what. Just, Reboot. Just a picture of a scorpion and just the word king. That's the title. Ah, yes. Also, Jason Momoa is the Scorpion King. Don't steal that. Yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, that's... Anybody was going to do that. Uh, the Rock could probably still be the Scorpion King. Yeah, well, you'd throw him in in a cameo. He'd be like the old Scorpion King, or they'd have like a statue of him or something. Something like that. Let's do it like Scorpion King meets Encino Man. So it's <laughs> the, the Jason Momoa winds up in a modern And Brendan city. Fraser's still in it. Yeah, hell yeah. Great. All right. All right. Um, yeah, dog. We're talking about Fleetwood Mac again. Just talked about them, but this is a different Fleetwood yeah, Mac. Yeah, this, this is, is the third time we're talking about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. But technically different from the last time. Because last time it was Peter Green Fleetwood Mac, which was pre-Buckingham Nick's Fleetwood Mac. Alex, you say the full title when you say Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac with Jeremy Moner or Jeremy whatever his name. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Featuring Jeremy Spencer. That's it. The gotta say the whole thing. The Fleetwood Mac Blues Band featuring Peter Green and Jeremy Spencer. That's the one, baby. Yeah, so this is different. This is the Bucks nicking ham shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. The um, more Alex well known, probably. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Like, version like, of the band. And this album in particular is like the Fleetwood Mac album. Yeah. I mean, what else is there? I mean, I, I, I drove to Revelstoke listening to um, Say You Will on repeat, but no one else has done that, as far as I know. Just, like, from Calgary to Revelstoke? Well, it wasn't actually on repeat, repeat, but I swear we probably listened to it about five times throughout the trip. I went, I went on a road trip with my family when I was, like, mm. probably, oh, geez, I don't know when that came out, but I would have been very young. In the ballpark of eight to... 11 years old okay all right so the point is this yeah. is the album everyone knows this is the album everyone knows this is definitely what got me into fleetwood mac um yeah and it's it pretty much bangs from front to back yeah it's pretty solid and this song in particular obviously it's the one that went to number one it's the one a lot of people know and um it's got some good good lines in the chorus that are kind of stick with you Oh yeah, it's it's got some real good sticks sticks in your mind kind of lines here. Now, Alex, you, you and I aren't on TikTok. We're old farts. Yeah, but I stay up on the Twitter, so I I was aware of this video. I think I just told you about this this last week. The, yeah, that's the why I know about video, it. Video, aka four twenty dog face two oh eight. Of course, Alex, what are you what are your feelings on the video? The video, I mean, it's bad times, good vibes. It's uh, it's that. That uh, Frank Turner John Snodgrass song that just came out. Hey, yeah. That's right. So Alex. I it support it. Yeah, I'm all in favor of it. It's uh, makes me want to go longboard and drink some 
Not cranberry red. I don't I don't like that that ocean spray is getting their fingers in this. Yeah, I mean of all people, ocean spray. But yeah, fuck. I'm alright with cran raspberry, but like I couldn't do a whole bottle of it. That's a lot. Yeah. Not anymore. Get, Not I'm like my just... old days. Whew. Were you big cran ras boy back in the day? No, it was just made available to me when I wasn't drinking a lot. Mm. So I ended up drinking a lot of cran raspberry juice for a while there. Okay. Yeah. Nah, not my thing. And I, I don't know. I just don't like corporations getting their hands in whatever. Yeah, trying to do like make bank good. off memes. And you're like, okay, yeah. dude, just let everyone longboard or whatever. Yeah, just let people enjoy something this year without like trying to profit off it. I don't know. It does yeah, kind of. But suck. now, now people are you know buying the cranberry juice so they can recreate the TikTok themselves. I just about called it a vine because I'm ancient. Yeah. And... That said, that said, I'm sure a lot of people don't have to buy the cranberry juice. It's just in their fridge. I don't know how it gets there, I, but it always I suppose, does. Yeah, it, it it finds its way in. So. Maybe not as much profit as they think. Plus, they're, they're giving some guy a truck, which is kind of nice. But we're uh, also kind of advertising for them right now, so. Yeah, um, that said, ocean spray tastes like shit and it kills <laughs> whales or something. I don't know. I probably can't say that that's liable, but <laughs> it does Maybe, taste like know. shit. That's an opinion, and I'm allowed to have that. I mean, Fuck we're all kind spray. of killing whales in our own way. I mean, it's Sadly. certainly not helping the whales. No. With that, I mean, yeah, Dreams is a great song. We all love it. We all know it. Let's talk about these lyrics, Alex. Let's get right the fuck into it. Talk about these lyrics. So we haven't talked about Rumors specifically yet. We talked about their first album, and of course we talked about Peter Green. And, of course, as you mentioned, Rumors is kind of famously... um, Was famously made at a time when there was a lot of emotional turmoil going on in the band. And basically the whole thing was them writing songs about each other. And then kind of knowing, but kind of maybe not talking about it directly. Yeah, so there is some people that say this song is written half in response to Go Your Own Way, which was written by Buckingham about Nick's. Okay, I wasn't sure which one would have come first, sort of chronologically. Mm-hmm. But, but so this it, would be it the is response. Go Your Own Way, yeah. And this one kind of comes, because she didn't like that, obviously, she heard and was like, well, it's about me, and also fuck you, Buckingham. Yeah. Piece of shit. Fuck you, fucking him. <laughs> you got him, Alex. So yeah, this comes as a response to that. It's sort of a like Stevie Nicks' take on their relationship. And um, interestingly enough, uh, as we'll come to the lyrics, she kind of later has said that she's the one who really wanted to leave the relationship. But this song is sort of criticizing Buckingham for wanting to leave the relationship. Yes. Which becomes um, pretty yeah. evident in the first line. Now, here yeah. you go again. You say you want your freedom. Well, who am I to keep you down? It's only right that you should play the way you feel it, but listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, it's pretty explicit, like right off the beginning, right off the start. Um, excuse me. Saying, like, you. All right, you're saying you want out? Like, you want to be free and you want to be out of this relationship? Well, okay, fine. Yeah. Go your own way. Stop you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's, uh, I guess it is important to note that they were in a sort of on and off again relationship. So, here you go again is very literal. It's like, oh, you want to break up again? Okay. 
Yeah, like we're doing this again. The one of the comments in the uh, ingenious seems to suggest that Lindsay Buckingham kind of like repeatedly would like maybe threaten to leave. I don't know if that's mm. true or not. It seems very. I mean, yeah, yeah, everything about this album we know is also obscured behind a, a mist of cocaine. Like, yeah, cocaine and, like, they're all just, like, rumors? Yeah, so there's just, like, a lot of shit being said. And that's, yeah, rumor is true in that there was a lot of bad press reporting going on at this time. Apparently, uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham had a photo taken with uh, Mick Fleetwood's kid. And then it was, the people were like, oh my god, this is their child now. They're, they're the parents of Mick Fleetwood's child. You can't take pictures with someone else's child. That's illegal. Yeah, and it's it was impossible. rumored that I think they rumored that Christine McVie was ill at the time of the recording. There was so much like, like genuine rumors surrounding the album. I mean, surrounding the band while they were trying to make this album. That yeah, the it plays in that sense too. Um. Yeah. So then she says, "Who am I to keep you down? Like, well, who am I to stop you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you're. And we get this here. She brings in the word play, which comes up again." She's talking about yes. music. You know, it's only right that you should play it the way you feel it. Yeah, the song being like a metaphor for life, I guess. Like, play your song because it's your song, it's your life or whatever. Like, do whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. So you should you should do it the way you sounds best. And my understanding of the, the Nix-Buckingham relationship is Nix would come up with a lot of raw stuff and then kind of process it through Buckingham. He'd be like, we play, we play it this way, or we're going we're gonna to do this on it. Like he, he kind Right, of... he's kind of like the producer side of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even that... In the story of the song, uh, Christine McVie didn't really like it until uh, Lindsey Buckingham came and said, like, well, let's play the chords in this way. And then everyone's kind of playing something different and maybe a little more complex, even though it sort of all fits together and sounds one particular way. Yeah. Like playing in the simplicity of it. But yeah, bringing out sort of uh, interesting parts of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's only it's only right that you know big big man Lindsey Buckingham should play it the way he feels it. But she says, "Listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness, because that's what you're gonna hear." Because that's part of the song. Because the song is his whole life. Yeah, man. your loneliness, and then of course it connects to the pre-chorus. Listen carefully to the sound of yeah, your loneliness. Yeah, I really like how those flow into each other because it mm-hmm. almost doesn't sound like a transition, but the music does change. Yeah, like a heartbeat drives you mad. So listen to the sound of your loneliness like a heartbeat drives you mad and the stillness of remembering what you had and what you lost and what you had and what you lost. Also, the heartbeat, the sound of a heartbeat driving you mad is possibly a reference to the telltale heart. I don't know if it means anything necessarily, but just like casual reference throwing out. I am not familiar with the telltale heart. Oh, I think I've brought it up before. It's um Edgar Allan Poe story where he a guy like kills a guy and then hides him under his floorboards and then okay. people come to his house and he's like trying to hide it but he's hearing the heartbeat and he ends up uh, just like going crazy and like confessing or something that that could be a reference but to that possible like not a terribly meaningful reference but it's this kind of thing like eventually this sound hearing it in your head over and over again is going to have an effect on you and eventually yeah. you're gonna have to face that Right, and that it's in the stillness of remembering. So in these lonely moments, you're going to hear your own single heartbeat too, right? Right. Yes, I guess that too. There's only one heart beating. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously what he had what you was, had and what you lost. Which was Stevie Nicks and his relationship with mm-hmm. her. Pretty, pretty clear. 
And then we come into the chorus, which says, Thunder only happens when it's rain raining. Players only love you when they're playing. Say women, they will come and they will go. When the, when the rain washes you clean, you'll know. You'll know. And this is, of course, the lines everybody knows. I, what I was amazed by is how many people I would say, oh, we're uh, like if I was talking to them about how I was listening to the song this week, I would say, we're doing Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, and they'd say, I don't think I know that song. And then I would say, it's the one where they do Thunder Only Happens When It's Raining. And then they instantly know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like, this is, this is a really sort of iconic part of the song. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it is the chorus. Everybody yeah. knows it. It's, um, and as we're going to see, this uh, song is frequently used as a dance track as well. Um, a quote yeah. from Stevie Nicks actually mentions that she was quite proud of herself for using a dan dance beat while she was recording it. Um, oh, she right. says, she, right away, I liked the fact that I was doing something with a dance beat because that made it a little unusual for me. Yeah, I guess but the more on that, yeah. isn't really affiliated with that kind of music. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Thunder only happens when it's raining. Um, it seems to be that, like, is this like, you know, when it rains, it pours? When something starts to happen, more things come with that? So, bad things of this nature only happen when it's already bad? Maybe. I was having some trouble with this line. Um, and I don't know exactly how I... Um, how I would take it um sorry i'm tripping over my own my own thoughts here that's okay i mean it's kind of a yeah I, I think it's it's almost reminiscent of like a where there's smoke there's fire kind of thing of like you only get one with the other uh, some of the genius annotations suggest that the thunder is like a flash of light kind of like a positive thing whereas rain is like sadness so right. there's a suggestion that there's only this extreme positive when there's some negative or something like that. Mm. Kind of have that contrast of you can only really experience true happiness when you've experienced sadness or something like that. I feel like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that for this. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm not totally on board with it either, I'll admit. Because if we look at players only love you when they're playing, which is a double entendre, uh, the the more obvious one being that these you know players, um, so kind of like sexually loose people who are right. playing, who play relationships like a game, only love you when they're playing. So when they're when they're switched on and they're like, oh, we're we're engaged in the game of love. This is, I I love you. But as soon as right. they're they kind of take off that mask, it's it's not real. Yeah. And similarly, guitar players like uh Lindsey Buckingham oh, only yeah, love you so. when they're playing guitar. So when and when the 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 their dynamic works is on that professional level, that's where the love really shines. Right, cuz he is he's the guitar player. Mhm. Mm I do and like that. I mean, I have also heard player used to refer to like an actor. Right, yeah. Um which is basically the same thing. <laughs> mhm. Mm um, and then I've never really pieced together that the line following that is in relation to players. That players say women, they will come and they will go. Or it's more like like you will say that or something like that. Well, cause, oh, but I, he's, I think, very clearly indicted as the player. Yeah, I guess so. 
So they say women, they will come and they will go. But she, uh, in the next line, says, well, that's not true. When the rain washes you clean, so when you're out of this and I, this negative scenario and you've had some space from this event and you're sitting there with your loneliness, you'll know that that's not true. Women don't just come and go. Yeah. It'll become more obvious. I'm still a little unsure about the thunder line. It's mm-hmm. got to be. And I wish I had thought more about it coming into this, but I forgot to. Um. Right. So somebody in the genius annotations, one person suggests the rain is success. Uh, so that's the so like all this tumultuous uh, and the thunder, you know, loud and scary is only happening due to their great success. Right. I'm trying to think of it in in relation to the final line, the idea of the rain washing you clean and kind of becoming like perhaps your redemption or you're realizing something in the end and then mm-hmm. tying it into that sort of process. I think it is just like uh, sort of maybe it does refer to circumstances, not necessarily success, but it's like these these current events we're in like. The thunder's only happening because we're in a time of strife right now. We're only at each other's throats because so much is happening here. And once the situation passes, when the rain washes you clean, you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh shit. Yeah, it'll become become obvious that you maybe made the wrong decision. But in the moment it's not as obvious. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll accept the rain as circumstance, whether that is success, whether that is uh, just like uh, stressful events that then cause sort of passionate breakouts. I guess my next thought is just because of the last line talking about the rain washing you clean and you having some realization is that the rain is some sort of embodiment of like personal growth. So then the thunder Mm -hmm. is this turmoil. So you can only sort of achieve personal growth through hardship is perhaps what it's suggesting. And then kind of having some specific examples of what's going on. Yeah, I'd say that's all roughly in the same vein. We're we're hitting the same theme just from different angles here. Yeah. Maybe not in the most eloquent way, but I think we're we're hitting on it. If we we edited ourselves, we may take out some lines, but I think we have the ideas in place. I think we got the ideas there. Um, So then we come to verse two. Now here I go again. I see the crystal visions. I keep my visions to myself. It's only me who wants to wrap around your dreams. Have you any dreams you'd like to sell? Dreams of loneliness. Yeah, I think this is a big line in, like, neo-pagan, like, witchiness as associated with Stevie Nicks, because it is often associated with Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get this, like, crystal ball gazing and talking about, like, selling dreams and stuff. This is all very, uh, like, mystical. Yeah. Just generally. I see the crystal visions. I yeah. see a vision in a crystal ball. That's, I mean, that's pretty plain. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but she keeps her visions to herself. Um, Genius suggests that that's because she sees a life together that she's not going to tell him about. I seem to, I feel that it's more, she's not going to tell him the exact downfalls that are going to occur to him. Because you can't tell people about their own future? Yeah, I mean, she can be like, well, it's, you know, listen, you're going to, all she's really said is you're going to be lonely. Yeah, and perhaps also means that she's not totally uh, trusting, like that part of the relationship isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does want to wrap around 
his dreams. Yeah, so this uh, kind of plays into, and she says it's only me, which plays into this idea of women will come and go. She's saying, this is sort of counter to that argument. She says, it's only me who wants to wrap around your dreams. I'm the only one who actually wants to support your ambitions. Right. But your dreams are lonely because you've clearly rejected uh, Yeah, he, here he goes again. The one dream he has to sell, the one to tell her about, is him wanting his freedom, which she reestablishes as a dream of loneliness. Yeah. And then smooth again, right into the, right into the. Prequels. Like a heartbeat drives you mad. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, that's all the lyrics. I, I don't know. That is all the lyrics. And it ends on "You will know," repeated several times. Which is a fun way of doing that because it's like very much emphasizing that line. <laughs> like you, you are gonna realize one day what what's going on. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, ultimately. Well, but it sold a lot of records, I'll tell you that. spelled it out. Sold a lot of records. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, eventually, the, like, in summary, the song is, like, hey, Lindsey Buckingham, you can break up with me, but it's gonna suck for you. Yeah. You're making a mistake. And that's, yeah, that's the lyrics. Uh, They're good lyrics. I like them. It's good shit. Yeah, it's got that quality of like vagueness about them. You can you can delve into them and realize a lot of it's like kind of literal actually, but in mm-hmm. context of like just the context of the song, I guess devoid of context around surrounding the song, I could say. Um it's tough to know exactly what they're about, but they're kind of phrased in a way that's very interesting. Obviously, the chorus is very iconic despite mm-hmm even without the rest of the song or anything, any other information. So, Yeah, and what's interesting about the way this is delivered, I've never really, uh, I've, I've casually listened to this song, I've never really picked up on sort of the, the, the vitriol in this piece, the, the, the anger, because she sings it quite lovingly. Yeah, it's very soft. And yeah. dare I say, dreamy. Yeah, you dare. <laughs> But it it throws you, or at least it threw me off in a way, and I think sort of speaks to the relationship dynamic of these two, at least as we can understand it from the materials available to us, that there is uh, still like a, a love and respect, even though th- as a romantic pair, they can't work out. Yeah, very clearly they had a lot of problems, but they, to a degree, did still stick together, even if it wasn't romantically. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe it was just for the sweet, sweet cash, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It seems even in the way they... Uh, let me see if we've got a quote. Oh, yeah. So Stevie Nicks recalled to the Daily Mail on October 16th in 2009. I remember the night I wrote Dreams. I walked in and handed a cassette of the song to Lindsay. It was a rough take, just me singing solo and playing piano. Even though he was mad with me at the time, Lindsay played it and then looked up at me and smiled. What was going on between us was sad. We were couples who couldn't make it through, but as musicians, we still respected each other, and we got some brilliant songs out of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the other thing, is with their sort of songwriting being about everything that was going on at the time it's very much like a way of processing it and perhaps communicating with each other indirectly getting across what you're feeling to the other person without having to tell them 
yeah. necessarily. It's a very strange form of uh, therapy, but yeah. hey. I don't know if it's the healthiest way to do it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They seem to have gotten something out of it. Yeah. Now let's get something out of this instrumentation, which opens up with a rhythm section being established. Uh, that that very quick kind of drum roll in by uh, by Mick Fleetwood, and then the bass comes in. Yeah, and as much as yeah, it, it doesn't last very long. And then the rhythm kind of, the rest of the rhythm really isn't trying to get anywhere very fast. Like it's it's kind of a laid back song. Yeah, it's uh, the the baseline is simple as hell. The drums are kind of quiet and easy, but they have that almost machine like rhythm. Like it's just very precise. Yes, I'm trying to remember. I think it's from a quote, but I happen to agree with it. I don't remember the quote. <laughs> Described it the rhythm as steady. And it really is it just like keeps, oh, yeah. keeps it going. And I think part of that too is the transitions between the sections being fairly quick. Like especially the verse into the pre-chorus like goes right in. It the song just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. And like doesn't stop really. Except maybe for the solo, it could be argued, but I don't know. Maybe not. Um but yes, then you get the kind of um like I I don't know if it's the Rhodes, but it's some kind of electric piano. Like, that's Christine McVie. Oh, yeah, doing that. Well, she's doing just playing the chords. And then... Oh, yeah. Um, Lindsey Buckingham is actually playing that part on the guitar. Right, yeah. Like, kind of... the, the, the chords on this are not uh, very present to me. I can't really hear them that well. I agree. And I think part of that... Well, they're a little turned down, but I know... Like, in, in the story of the song, uh, they started with kind of the progression from Stevie Nicks, and then Lindsey Buckingham said, let's play it in this particular way. And apparently, everyone was playing kind of different inversions of the chords. And I think that makes it sort of spread out and make it so that the actual progression kind of gets hidden I, like i yeah. don't totally know but because i've never really picked out like a chord progression from this song as like the driving force behind it like i've always kind of heard the first the chords some chords just being played that boom dip, boom dip, kind of on the bass too yeah. and then that wee, 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 like those kind of just meld together for me when i listen to this song and like that's the sound but not necessarily think of it in terms of like changing chords at right points in time like you might in some other songs that are more based around like a an acoustic guitar strumming for example mm -hmm. no yeah i agree with you it's much less it's much more it's like an invisible seam kind of running through it you know you can't really see it yeah in this case hear it <laughs> yes exactly but i do find it very hard to pick out Absolutely. yeah um and even yeah that bass line is kind of i find the bass line is really one part that i remember a lot oh yeah even though it's not complicated it's kind of more present than a lot of the rest yeah it's just it it kind of like it holds everything together along and, with those drums yeah and it's basically it's just like like it's not much going on, but then it kind of combines with that guitar sound to make they just kind of flow together. Yeah, really well, cool. That, yeah, and that's that, that guitar is really ambient in the. It's not doing. It's really not doing lead parts, and it's not doing rhythm. So right. it's just kind of playing licks on top of different sections. Right, it is, but it's kind of different. Like I would like to compare it to 
when we talked about Black Magic Woman or any of a number of pop rock and blues songs where you know you sing a line and then you'll do a guitar lick afterwards and that's kind of a pretty distinctively like bluesy sound a lot of the time and this kind Mm -hmm. of uses that yeah but it doesn't sound bluesy at all it sounds very distinctive to this song or this sound and it's it does it's a similar idea but it it's presented in a very different way and kind of makes it flow in a different way it's very cool yeah yeah, some of that I think is just the tone on the guitar is not very bluesy. It's something else. Yes, I mean, yeah, sonically the sound here. Yeah. Like, I, what is this sound? I don't know. It, Lindsay it's Lindsay Buckingham made baby. it do that, and it sounds cool. <laughs> That's right. Dreamy. Yeah. So when we come to the pre-chorus, um, we kind of established what the verses are. Mm-hmm. Um, the pre-chorus, we start getting some backup vocals from Christine McVie. Um, the guitar starts actually just doing more like clear arpeggios than these licks. And mm-hmm. then we get vibraphone as well. Vibraphone. We do. Um, you go to like 107, it's a dun dun dun. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's, also that's Christine in the pre as well. The <laughs> um the like piano chords or electric piano organ, I guess. Oh yeah. They like move up a bit, but they're still kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We do get the sense of building, which is then topped off with another uh, drum roll into the chorus. Thunder only happens. Yeah, so like we get that thunder and then like a cymbal crash. Yeah. So clever guys. Maybe not Pretty the most clever. sophisticated technique, but clever. Clever. Um, this we get we get a switch up to acoustic uh, guitar, and then we have Christine McVie and Lindsey Buckingham on backing vocals at this part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your your electric piano is a lot louder in this part. You can actually hear it much clearer. Yes, the guitar is also doing like I don't know exactly what it's doing. Maybe it's not the guitar. Right around on the like the beginning of the say women, they will come and they will go line. It's like one twenty eight. You get this yeah. like Whoa, and I don't know if that's a guitar or what. I think that's a synth. There's several uh, so. synths on this track, and just the way that one's ringing quite high up there, right? That's uh, yeah. That doesn't scream. Sometimes in the seventies, I'm like they didn't have synthesizers, but this was like seventy six, so they did. Yeah, and luckily the personnel is actually listed for this. So um, what we have here from Christine McVie, she uses an electric piano and organ. She's a vibraphone as well. She does um, so yeah, it, it's um, I would maybe would an organ be able to produce that noise? Maybe could be also a weird Rhodes thing too. Rhodes could can, be Rhodes organs. Rhodes be. is not actually listed on the the personnel on oh. on Wikipedia. Okay, although I'm, it was I'm originally reading... written on a Rhodes. Yeah, I'm reading that off of uh, Genius, so okay. I guess it's a little different. I, I don't know. Yeah, and that depends on where they're pulling this uh, this information from. It could True. be a Rhodes. Like. Whatever's playing, it makes a kind of a wah sound. Yeah. Pretty briefly. And then, so once we, we get from the chorus, we go to an instrumental break, very focused on that guitar. 
Yes, the, that guitar sound gets to do a little uh, a little solo. You can see it in the what they call the um, official music video, but it's just a oh, live yeah, which performance. Is a, yeah. So if you want to check that out, that's on YouTube. Yeah, and it's a different. It's not even the studio recording played over a stage performance. It just is a different performance yeah. of the song. So I don't know why they call it the official music video, but because uh, well, it's the official music video is used to promote the thing, but <laughs> I guess <laughs> it doesn't use the studio recording. Whatever, Fleetwood Mac. Whatever you want to call a music video. It's the mid seventies. No one, no one. There weren't any rules yet. Yeah. Um. And then honestly, like verse two, same as the first, a little more action on the that spacey kind of guitar. Yes. Um. One thing I want to call out right on the uh, the wrap around your dreams line. Yeah. The bass gets to do a little. Oh, yeah, it follows the vocal melody. <laughs> yeah, and that is pretty cool. So, thumbs up. I don't know why I, like, it's, again, I, I, see, I follow the bass so much easier than I do on most songs. And, There's a lot of space yeah. for it in this one, and yeah. it is very simple and easy to follow. Yeah, so, um, this is one part where it does a thing. Check it out. Yeah, uh, it's, it's always tight with the bass, because it's like a little little treasure when you find something that it does. You're like, oh! You had something different here. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. That's like, for some reason, hearing the bass do something cool is, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it hits a, you somewhere because nice you're like not expecting it, and then it's cool. And yeah, I don't know, man. First, I don't know. You like hear it by itself, and then you're like, well, why did it do that? And then you kind of hear it with the rest of the music. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Um, like maybe these bassists do do something. I don't know. Bass players? Is the bass important? Is there a reason they still have <laughs> bass players in bands? Doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right. Um, this is a part of the song right at the end here, like transition into the pre-chorus. Um, uh, Stevie Nicks really sounds like her nose is plugged. A couple times oh, yeah, in this song. Little... This is one time. Um, I think possibly just from cocaine use. Maybe she had a cold. I don't know, but like. Like cocaine there cold. was a lot of cocaine going around so anyway just something i noticed well, does he have? yeah i can hear it a little because yeah. especially when she says loneliness loneliness like you kind of get that right. nasal sound on the now, something ends. I'm just noticing on the chorus here on the second one mm -hmm. is uh conga drums yeah I've, I've just noticed now it's listed in the uh in the purse in the the like instrument listing on wikipedia but it is like it's very sparse oh, yeah. it's just like a little boop, boop, boom. huh how about that yeah a little a little something extra for you yeah this song's got layers man uh, yeah very simple but it it layers it in and still manages this like sparse soundscape yes and I guess part of that as well, the the I think it's an organ playing a higher note down, uh, holding a higher note down uh, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can hear that. And then they kind of do that, like extend the length of the chorus, do it twice, and then yeah, uh, and on that you'll know, you will know. Yeah. Repetition. Oh, you know. 
and then everything just kind of rings out. The guitar does a few more notes, but it all just. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and I just think this song has like a good like distinctive sound to it. Oh yeah. Um, it kind of encapsulates that dreaminess that the song is about, and yeah, you can. Sorry. Yeah, you can like break up the song into like the smallest chunks. Like if you play somebody the drum roll at the start, that boom, doom, they'll get it. If you play them just yeah. like a small cut of that bass line, they'll get it. If you play them just like a little, like oh yeah, it's dreams, or they'll be like, I don't, it's that that thunder song by Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Yeah, the one about thunder. Um, and also, yeah, you're right. They don't like do a ton of repetition at the end. We've talked about a couple of pop songs lately that does that, where it's like, in the second half is this, you know, we do the chorus like four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some repetition, but not really. It's like, structurally speaking, the song is not like terribly unusual. It's just kind of like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Um, but they sort of present it in a somewhat interesting way because vocally everything sort of melds together, but you still get, like instrumental separation so that's kind of fun yeah it's just a a tight piece very solid yeah um we talked about the music video with all of the the length we need to talk about it it's stage footage i didn't like watch it that intensely but i mean it's just them they're performing it live i I don't know what else to say and it is slightly different from the original, so it's it's nice to listen to and go like oh that's what fleetwood mac sounds like live in the 70s and then you go okay all right with that, we're going to move into our covers, unless you got anything else to say. No way, man. Well, Stop I hope covers. you have something to say about Richie Havens in 1980. Richie Havens. Richie Havens is not an artist I know much about. I'll admit right now. <laughs> Okay, but apparently he opened at Woodstock, so like, holy shit. Like, that's yeah. pretty cool. So he's an American singer-songwriter and guitarist. His music is known to contain elements of soul, folk, rhythm, and blues. Um, and he's particularly known for doing soulful covers of pop and folk songs, which this kind of falls into. Yes. In fact... A little bit of soul, a little bit of disco on this, I think. A little bit of disco? All right. Yeah, we'll it's just a touch of it. Um, I think... The beginning makes me think a little bit of the Santana version of uh, Black Magic Woman. Mostly okay. just because of the drums. There's like right, hand drums. The, That's pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, the hand drums are much more prominent. Um, and there's organ as well. Yeah. So it's not like the same thing, but like it's kind of it. reminds me of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, then we get an acoustic guitar building in as well while the, the, the organ's doing that downward pattern mm-hmm. and the hand drums are going and there's a, a just like a sort of light bass groove this boom 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 just a short phrase yeah and the, the acoustic guitar kind of plays along with the the chords but like yeah. strums a little more because it's just like and then kind of climbs back up again but it sort of follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get uh we get him coming in with the vocals at about like 40 seconds. Of 30 seconds. Yeah, and like good voice. 
Oh yeah, very deep, very uh, like soulful is a, uh, the only way I can think to describe it. It feels quite soothing. Yeah, the song's like a little bit more active uh, instrumentally than the original, mm-hmm. but like his voice kind of keeps it down, at least at the start. Yeah, it really grounds it. Yeah. I described it as gruff and easy. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Also, he enunciates things much more clearly than on the original version. Oh, yeah. If you need to hear what's being said, his voice almost has like a conversational tone to it. Yes. Gruff and easy and conversational. Um, and let's see. What else do we got? Uh, pre-chorus kind of starts to use snare a little bit more. Um, yeah, and we get these backup vocals, vocals going, uh, what not. Uh, um, that, see, that hits a little bit of a disco vibe for me. Oh, the like quicker uh, sounds? Yeah, and that, that with the drums kicking in quicker, it's like we get a buildup that could, if the next section wasn't also the song Dreams, like it could be this right. big disco Yes, it does off. kind of feel like it's building. I guess it does build. Um, maybe I'm thinking of a different version. But anyway... I'm not going to yeah, get so too we... distracted by my own weird yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Um, the, also, the rhythm guitar picks up for this. And yeah, reading yeah. about Richie Havens, I talked about his um, guitar playing style was intense and rhythmic. So I don't know mm. if this part is necessarily him, but there only seems to be one guitar for now. So, Right. Oh no! Also, when guitars. we get to the well, that's in the more in, in my what? in my defense of the disco influence, the guitar starts doing octaves in the. Uh, in the chorus. I think that's octaves. Um, it might just be a root fifth. Let's listen to this sound. Oh, that's octaves. I don't know. That's my... That's my conclusion. Glad um, we got your trained ear on that, Alex. So. <laughs> yep. Glad we called me in for this. Uh, one. Nonetheless, that I mean, it doesn't come off as disco in the way it's played, but that is a pretty classic disco move. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a disco song. I'm just saying there's disco. This elements. is a disco song, Jake Cressy. Ah, God damn it, Alex. <laughs> That's your, I'm quoting you. Uh, on that forever, October is it 11th, 2020. 2020. Jake. Cressy. All right. Um, this is also where we get the electric guitar. The electric guitar comes yeah. in, of course. Uh, and does these sort of like distant licks in this back. This yeah, I'd say it's it's um a little more on the like bluesy side. Yeah, 100%. than in the original certainly. Um, yeah, and then it plays that blues uh like licks between lines role in the second verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, now this time we don't have a solo partway through, and a lot of so- a lot of these versions actually do that. They don't split it up with a solo in the middle. Well, this one has a solo close to the end. It does have a solo, but like not in the same place. I mean, I've never considered that part a solo, really, but like, the, sure. The, it's more like a bridge. I guess so. Thought of it as a guitar solo. It it does get called a bridge, but in any case, it's not there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it moves in pretty quick to the next section. Um, the so the second verse plays a little more instruments than the first verse, and mm, then the the pre-chorus yes. and chorus are pretty straightforward. Sort of. Um, one thing I did like, he's especially at this part, kind of singing like a bit behind the beat or like to his own 
kind of rhythm you know like right. he won't say the words at the exact same time and it'll sort of feel like oh he's falling behind and then he'll say a little faster so he like stays on and that makes it a little bit difficult to find like to pinpoint the moment where for example the pre-chorus starts because he's kind of like mm. a little bit slow but i also find that that style of singing comes across as very like confident it's just this idea yeah. of like you can lag behind a bit but doesn't matter because you can catch up like you know what's going on well yeah you know the the overall rhythm so you know how to fill the space yeah exactly so like i, I think the way he sings here comes across as very confident Hmm. so cool yeah, dog. Um, we get a guitar solo around the three thirty mark. It's uh, it's fine. It's not really. I wasn't like blown away by it, but it sounds good enough. Yeah, I think because the original song, like the guitar sound, is so distinctive, and when the guitar does kind of get its own moment to do its own thing, it stays that way, and it fits in so well with the rest of the song and the sound and the vibe and everything that this like is a different version. It's maybe less distinctive than that, even though it's still a solid, consistent sound. Yeah, it is just so much like a here's a blues guitar solo, and you're like, all right, I'm sure it's good, but like maybe I can maybe if I was like a blues guitar soloist, I'd be like, oh, look at all these decisions he made here that are different in this or that way. But I don't know, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. But yeah, so then we do a, a sort of you know picked up intensity of the the chorus again. Yep, get a little, get some ad libbing, just a little bit. Yeah, and he cuts loose at the end, and the you will knows. You will know. And interestingly, it's the uh, the backup vocals that actually carry us out on a long sustain of the 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 word no. No. Right. Yes. For a long time. So this version kind of makes me think of like a joe cocker or something like that mm. i in my mind i don't like joe cocker i liked this right. though so maybe i don't mind joe cocker and i just at one point 10 years ago decided i didn't like him and i haven't given him a chance i um, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of him i watched him open for but yes. Tom petty but i i've That's... never been a huge joe cocker <laughs> fan but this is i think a pretty cool version of the song i i like the sound on this this is a little more i mean this was 1980 but this sounds a little yeah. more like what i would think of as like 70s sound yeah like you're you reach the refined point of 80s sound yeah i guess it's, I mean, or 70s I mean, sound, it's just 1980 it's not like we yeah. ended everything that happened in the 70s as soon as new year's <laughs> hit yeah but he's got a good voice and i i think the blues uh transitions work there's uh I, he does a lot of good things that work it, it's it's a fun version yeah and it does make different choices which a lot of uh other cover versions will kind of hug more closely to the original so let's hug closely yeah to our siblings for this As we talk sibling about band <laughs> the cores the in cores. 1998 Irish band made up of the core siblings from Dundalk. Dun, dun, dun. 
Um, originally recorded for Legacy, a tribute to Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, 20th anniversary album of covers, which includes a cover by Elton John of some song I can't remember which, and also a cover <laughs> by the Cranberries, who also have a song called Dreams. Called Dreams, yeah. I'm, so apparently originally, like, uh, the chorus played it pretty close to the original, but with sort of their Irish folk instruments, so like a tin whistle and a violin. Mm-hmm. And then this dude, Oliver Lieber, from Tamara and the Scene, uh, kind of produced it and changed it to a dancing house track mixed with the violin and tin whistle. And then some dude named Todd Terry remixed it as a single. And then it hit number six in the UK based on that. So is what's the version is this? This is, I believe, the Todd Terry version. Wait, was that the first guy or the second guy? Second guy. So did the second guy remix the first remix or did he remix the original version? Uh, he remixed the first remix. Okay. Made it even dancier. Even dancier. Yeah, so this one, I mean, it's it's the song. It's uh it's got a lot of violin in it and like some and acoustic guitar, and, but it's also got like this drum machine track going throughout as well. Yeah. And doing like a boots and cats, but with a little bit of tick 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 between it. Yeah, so I'd be curious to listen to which one did I watch? Um, well, the music, video, music video is, I think, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Oliver remix. Lieber version. Yeah, because the they're definitely remix. not the yeah. same. They're definitely not the same. So, anyway, yeah, this one comes in with that drum machine. Uh, it which well, yeah, and that sort of ambient like synth. Oh, that's right. Which is it? A synth or is that the violin? It's the violin pulling off that sort of like. Am I crazy? I don't think so. I mean, I guess that's like the the orchestra kind of tuning noise, noise right? That uh... maybe we're not talking about the same thing. I don't know. Well, the the, the violin comes with that. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, that that uh, that comes in before oh, that the, and before okay. the drums. I see what like you're the saying. The very beginning. No, yeah. You're right. Synthesizer. Totally synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind of like pad string synth kind of deal. yeah yeah feeling like a lunatic out here alex <laughs> um so that comes in it's just, we're just ta- talking about sounds man and all we <laughs> got are difficult sounds sometimes oh miles apart man kilometers yes yeah, so we get those those club drums those violin um and like a guitar arpeggio doing this boom boom beep, beep, boom, boom, boom yeah that's beep, like the male core who plays the guitar? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look up their names. <laughs> Malecore. Malecore. <laughs> My favorite genre. Um, yeah, I didn't bother looking up their names. Um, and then we kind of break to just the drums and guitar arpeggio with the vocals. Right. And then a synth starts to come in low with this bam, 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 bam. Yes, that low sound. It is very interesting. Yeah. I don't have much to say then, about it other than that. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. The violin comes back in on like a heartbeat, drives you mad. So on the pre-chorus, it starts building in again, and then we get some some ooh backup vocals similar to the original. As this you know witcher ass violin builds up. Yes, I guess that's Celtic. Is is the Witcher music considered Celtic? Probably. Okay, I haven't played The Witcher. Um, I started playing the first else. Witcher. Played it for That's about an hour. That's a terrible move. Yeah, probably not a good idea. But uh, I did it. 
for about an hour. And so then that that synth comes back in louder on the the chorus along with like everything else along with that violin. Yes. Um, um sorry, which part are we on? I've lost we're on track. On the chorus. We're on the cor- the first chorus? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. I don't have much else to say. Oh, there's that rhythmic synth jumps up like an octave or something. The bam, bam, right. bam, 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 bam. And there is like some actual just piano notes. Yes, but just like a couple. Yeah. Like it's just a little bit. It's right after I think they say when they're playing and it's like I was trying to figure out. I couldn't tell quite what it was. But yeah, it does seem to be piano. Like the first couple notes almost don't sound yeah. like piano. But it's like very like echoey and like bright sound. Yeah. Um, and then we come to the your solo or your instrumental break, which is I think tin whistle and violin playing the same part. Yes, violin and a tin or penny whistle. Which is the same thing. Um, I looked them up. Turns out, I mean, it's in the name, but they're so cheap. The most expensive one they had was like 25 bucks. I was looking on, on Long McQuaid website. You okay. can just buy these things. They're just instruments that exist. Damn, son. Turns out. I also learned the difference between a whistle and a recorder. The What's whistle that, Alex? has six holes on the top, and that's all. The recorder has seven holes on the top and a thumb hole. So the recorder is mm. chromatic, but a tin whistle is diatonic. Well, yeah, there you go. So that's a little fun fact for you there. And it sounds hella like, like, um, fo- like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, Irish folk, but I like really. Anytime yeah, you're talking like about Van like, Morrison. yeah, so like, anytime you wanted something to sound like folk music from like the British Isles, put one, yeah. put one of those in there, and no one will question whether it's from the right region. And I honestly yeah. don't know if it would or wouldn't be. So, yeah. So you notice anything on this second verse? I don't really have any comments on it. Um, not much different. Uh, the rhythmic rhythmic synth is cut down a little bit and. That's pretty much it. I think maybe the violin is a little is a little more of that. But yeah, it's not I think a it whole comes lot. in it's Yeah, I think it comes lot. in even more prominently on the the pre chorus yeah, where it's doing definitely. what would be the backup vocals in the original. Heartbeat, except it's Yeah man. Yeah, dog. And then we get to you said there was something different in the second chorus. Did I? I don't know. You seem to you because uh, you're like which chorus? Oh, when I, on the first chorus. So no, I, I just assumed... um, I just like forgot. I missed. I I lost our spot. So I was just making sure I was on the right spot. All did I, right, did I write anything? Uh, there's more piano. That's that. Okay. It brings Shit. the like piano line from the beginning back. Right. Um, more. And like it's just like up more. There's a bit more stuff. They bring that mm-hmm. that rhythmic synth back. Which was there in the first one, so yeah, yeah. And as we start coming to the end of the song, we get another solo kind of vocals singing in the back. Yes, around like three twenty nine. Yes, that part we uh, the vocals you singing you'll know is that the yeah you're talking about yes and the like flute and violin part or whistle I yeah guess, um, from the solo is playing as well. So that's yeah. kind of like their build. So they bring that back. 
they bring that back and then it all fades out and we get this sort of like uh monotone delivery of heartbeat drives you mad remember what you had very staccato in the words too heartbeat drives you mad remember what you had yeah so that's basically the reason i noticed that the video was not the same version because it didn't have this yeah um, now here's my question for you who's yeah. transitioning swiftly into the music video which won best adult contemporary video from billboard magazine in 1998 wow um what the fuck's going on in this music video alex why is it in a chinese temple <laughs> yeah i don't know um i have no idea i don't know who... is this song on the soundtrack for the hot 1998 film rush hour is it i don't think so okay <laughs> i haven't seen the hot 1998 <laughs> film rush hour um but i don't think that it in that yeah i was trying to figure out like it immediately becomes apparent that we are like in at least some kind of eastern temple and then and then you see like chinese characters um and of course they keep having just like panning over shots of these relief carvings of like east asian dragons mhm yeah and, and but it, yeah it's just a bunch of shots of the band playing their instruments or singing. The whitest people. They're Irish. Yeah. Um, just like in this temple. Like an old temple. And sometimes there's just this young boy who has a, oranges and a wash basin at one point. And at yeah. another point, he is drinking from like a, a bottle or jug of water of some kind. Yeah. And you can see his face is like inverted in the bottle. But like, I don't think it means anything. Yeah. And at one point he is... Um like uh, wrapping his hands with some kind of like bandage or something. And then another shot, he's holding a glass ball. That's around the the crystal vision line. He's holding this fucking glass orb. Um, And I can tell you, Alex, that it is not featured on the rush hour soundtrack. Uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker did not listen to this during their buddy cop escapades, but the song bitch better have my money, not to be confused with bitch better have my money. Uh, the, the Ja Rule track is number seven on here. So hey. Interesting. Uh, actually, the other thing in this music video is you get to see someone playing a drum that I'm not sure is in the actual song, um, but it's an Irish drum called a Baudran. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. There's a little accent on mm. the A, and I don't know what that does. So. Is that the drum that says Goff on it? Does it say Goff? It's a chorus. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. It has like the little dragon on it, forming a a G. It looks like, and then then off. What? It says goff. I'm trying to find a good shot of the front of the drum, and I oh, there, I lost I, it. I, closer to the end, I think you can get a good shot on it. I thought it just said the cores. Is that what it says on it? I think it might say the cores. I I can't find a good shot of it. Yeah, oh, fuck. Now I actually gotta look up the music video again. What's the <sighs> song called? Dreams. <laughs> fuck song are we doing? Yeah, uh, fuck. What did you overall? This is a weird one because it like is a dance song that didn't want to be one, but now it is one, and also it's influenced by China. Yeah, this music video made no sense to me, and I like don't don't care about it. Yeah, the drum says Core, which is their last name. Oh yeah, it it just looked like a G. <laughs> <laughs> it's a like really fancy swirly C, which yeah, might yeah, be yeah, yeah. like a, an Irish thing. That sort of typography. I don't yeah, know. that sort of shit. I don't know. I mean, it's an Irish drum, and they're an Irish family playing 
pop version of Irish music. Yeah. Like, I feel like the logic follows that that way of drawing letters, perhaps. It's, yeah, I wouldn't be, like, so, like, in any other scenario, if this was just a music video, or, like, watch something, okay, they're in a Chinese temple, whatever. But the fact that it won Best Music Video of 1998, Best Adult Contemporary Music Video. I don't know what they were up against, but that makes no sense to me. I don't. I don't think this is a very good music video. Yeah, Maybe at the I, time, I, the I, editing techniques were, like, really cool. Because it was like, look, they're layering images of themselves over top of... Or they're layering images of dragons over top of, like, them singing. Like, ooh. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Also, I don't know. worth pointing out, since we've talked about it in other ones, copious face shots in this as well. We've been talking about some mid-2000s songs that always seem to focus on individuals' faces, and this one continues that trend. Yeah, maybe this one started the trend. Probably not. Yeah, maybe, because this is 1998. This was but before man, yeah. they went with the fisheye. This was like, this was proto. Ah, uh, yes. Face close-ups. So, uh, this is a reluctant dance version. Let's move into a one that really wants to be dance, which is Deep Dish, featuring Stevie Nicks in 2005. <laughs> Deep Dish is an electronic music duo. It is uh, two Iranian-American guys who do electronic music. Yeah. It's technically a they, Stevie uh, Nicks met. album, right? Like, it's Stevie Nicks' album called Crystal Visions. The very best. Oh, it's a, this is a best of. I don't know what it's on. She did this with yeah, them. It's, it's a collaboration. She did this with them. Um, I think she's put it on a best of album. Yeah, this one. But... Um, earlier it's been on their own album or some shit. They've worked with a bunch of randos. I say randos, but like big names. I just yeah. can't remember any of them right now. I didn't write them down. So this is Ali Dubfire Shirazinia and Sharam Tayebi, who were born in Iran and met at a dance event in Washington, D.C. in 1991. Yes, who are better known as Dubfire and Sharam. Yeah, but here known as Deep Dish. Deep Dish. You've heard of the Deep State, but Deep Dish? They've worked with Madonna, Janet Jackson, Cher, someone named Gabrielle, who I don't know. Oh, yeah, Gabrielle and I go way She back. also has a debut single, Dreams. <gasps> what? Jeez, there's so many songs. We could honestly probably do a year of content on just songs just called, dreams. called Dreams. It has a sample of from Fast Car. Um, all right, so that is getting off topic. So, Deep Dish. Yeah, so Stevie Nicks contributed a new vocal track to this remix. These are re-recorded Stevie Nicks vocals. Yes, they are. Um, and they sound like later Stevie Nicks. So how about that? Yeah, look at um, that. It opens with, like, faster drums, which is similar to the original, because the original opens with, like, a little... Yeah, that little drum, drum roll. Fill. It's like sped up and danceified. We yeah. get a little more ring out on the cymbal at the end. Yes, and then there's kind of like a synth or organ thing playing a similar line to in the original, kind of doing the Yeah. Yeah, it kind of pulses a little, so each one note is like kind of one and a half. Sped, man. I got so many typos in my notes. How am I supposed I'm to I'm glad, know Alex. Fucking A. Um, and yeah, it's got that kind of, um, 
it's a da- more of a dance track, so it stays kind yeah. of more constant through the through the verse, and then adds some guitar in the pre-chorus. Yeah, um, there's boots and cats drums going on. Um, and there's so, like this uh, drum what? fill that comes in every once in a while. It's not like super um, complex or anything. And I swear I've heard in other places, but they do repeat it several times. It's like, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. It comes in around like the 40 second mark there. Um, it's, yeah, there's that. Uh, one of the, I guess one of the more interesting things comparing this to the original is that the backup vocals are presumably exclusively Stevie Nicks. Yes, it's all different versions of Stevie Nicks, or someone who sounds a lot like her. But I feel like if you got Stevie Nicks, you might as well just <laughs> yeah, you, you get her to do all the it, tracks. Right? Like, um, and of course, a lot of synthesizers. These are electronic music artists, so a lot of it comes from yeah. synthesizers. Yeah. So when we hit to the get to the chorus, we get like a, a sort of higher drum noise, and then yeah, just like more synths coming in. More sense. More sense, That's baby. Ethos. Is that the right word use of ethos? Sure. I'm not gonna I'll allow that. it. Um, we get a, a a robotic echo on the the phrase "you will" that's repeated at the end of the chorus. You, 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 you. And then this is a sort of like like for, instead of your guitar solo, you get sort of just like a spacey break. Um, which gets like sort of overtaken by just some some synths doing like a whomp, 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 whomp. yeah, you kind of get like it's the the Rhodes part on that synth, but now it's like kind of modulated. Yeah, meant to be very spacey. Yeah, break down to that synth, um, echoes, and yeah, that vocal just echoes. You, 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 yeah. You. And then we come from that into the second verse, which, since this is a dance version, is pretty much the same as the first verse. Yeah, pretty similar. Um, um the the biggest change I noticed we, we get some acoustic guitar arpeggios and some synth near the end, just of the song, not of the verse. Right. Yes. Which was like a little unexpected because you don't always get acoustic guitar in dance versions. But yeah. Me? So yeah, her her like final vocals ring out. You will know, and then we get this. Dun, 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 dun. And this song plays a lot with uh, sort of the left and right on your speakers because you can hear that guitar amongst other things that will kind of travel between them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like uh, also at the end, it doesn't come until like four minutes. Like we're like well into the outro, she's kind of just repeating. You'll know. Yeah. Um. You get this, it's just like a synthesizer kind of like doing a fast sweep back and forth. And whoosh, 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 yeah, whoosh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. For sure. Yeah, so and I mean, it. so this kind of effectively takes uh, Stevie Nicks drum, a dan- dance drum beat that she built the original to, and then it's just like, and now it's all dance, baby. Yeah, whole thing. Um, and like speeds it up a bit. Not like that much, but it speeds it up for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it takes us out of the song with that same sort of Mick Fleetwood uh, drum roll. Yeah. Doom, doom, yeah, and then it just like rides out on that that symbol. Like, one, yeah. One so I think hit. this one capitalizes pretty well on taking sort of the simple 
playing structure of the original, particularly in the rhythm section, and just making that a, a dance beat. Like, it sounds good. Yeah, it's a lot, actually, longer than I remember it being. I, yeah. It moves through at a pretty good pace, and, like, doesn't, like, waste time or anything. Wait, mm-hmm. I was talking that whole time when I just stood up and moved over somewhere. That was dumb. Did you hear me? I did hear you, but it's going to sound like absolute <laughs> shit in the recording. Let's try that again, because... <laughs> All right, yeah, for some reason I decided I'd get up and close my window, mostly because the sun was shining on me, and it was getting hot. But um, what did I say? Yeah, it, it, the song is a, like longer than I remember it being. Um, it moves at a pretty good pace without like shortening the song necessarily, but it also kind of fills the time pretty well. So, Yeah. That's, a, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Did you see the music video for this one, Alex? No, I didn't. Alex, you fool! I found so many music videos. Oh, Lord, I only found the the first few here. (laughs) I mean, mostly just all Lissy. And someone called Jaguar Dreams. But that, we're not talking about that. Good, thank God. Um, Yeah, we missed some quality music videos last week for the Tide is High, Alex. Really? Yeah, Seed has one. Oh, shit. And it's, it's like 90s as shit. They record most of it underwater in a pool. And they're, like, playing instruments under the water and just, like, hanging out and having a good time. That's fun. This seems to be mostly a woman sleeping on snow with a blanket. Yeah, did you ever play the game Braid? I did play the game Braid. You know in the... Did you beat it? Yeah, is this happening backwards? Yeah! So he, like, lays her down to die, and then suddenly she starts living life in reverse motion. She's wearing red. Um, the actress is Winter Ave Zoli. That might be her name. Plays the protagonist in this. She's best known for her role as Lila Winston in Sons of Anarchy, a show I have not seen. Of course, Sons of Anarchy, that show I totally have haven't seen it. Um, yeah, so he puts her in snow, gives her a little pat on the head. She rises in reverse motion. A, a cup, a teacup jumps back into her hands. We're going to see a lot in this music video of uh, cups unbreaking themselves and teapots unbreaking themselves. They really loved that in the reverse motion department. They're like, hell yeah, I play it backwards. <laughs> yep. That broken thing just came together. Um, the teapot reconstructs as she lies on a table. She's on this table where all these, like, you know, early 2000s Mad Hatter-looking motherfuckers. Fucking Tim Burton fans are gathered around her laughing and, and giggling. I don't know if they're, like, doing things to her. Well, I think or... they're cultists. <laughs> yeah. They, so they, I mean, we already know the story because it's happening backwards. They seem to poison her. I, I suppose so, but... It seems like they poison her because the poison must be in that cup she drinks from, right? But they've already got her on this table unconscious. She's conscious for some of it. She's like laughing. like laughing. Yeah, and then at one point she's on the table, but she's also up looking at herself. Yes. Possibly a reference to like dissociating. Yeah, possibly. So then she closes the curtains on this this event, which is I I'm assuming we're still in reverse motion. So uh, then she goes from there to this just like regular party dancing footage. And then eventually there's this old lady, and the old lady, like, kisses some kid on the forehead or some shit and sends him off, and then shares a meaningful glance with the uh, with our woman in red here. And then 
she, our main character, runs into the night wearing all white, and then she's tossing around in a black space, and then she winds up in a, a bed. Now we gotta describe it in reverse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know necessarily the significance of it happening in reverse. I don't either. Because when it happens in the the hit indie video game Braid, it's a mindfuck. Because you think you are helping this princess run away from this big scary knight, but then you you beat the level and you... Spoilers for Braid, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's only been about that. 12 years? Yeah, but then you you have to use the the reverse time function, which you've been using for the whole game. But you do it, and you see the whole level play out in what turns out to actually be forward motion, and it's you chasing after this princess as the the knight tries to stop you. And it's about the atom bomb. Yeah, dog. It's all about the atom bomb. That game was... I still don't understand it, but it's fun. It's a good game. Anyway, maybe the old lady's the future she lost. That's all I've got. Sure, yeah, I'll accept it. I mean, I barely watched it, so. All right, Alex. I'll with that, we're going to talk. Me. Ab- okay, we'll talk about the Kills in 2012, who are an English American rock duo self described as bluesy punk. <laughs> Kills. Yes. Um, apparently they met at some point and started collaborating by mailing tapes to each other, but then decided that was too hard, so they b- just both went to the same place. Like, the, Yeah, the and also their, the separate bands they were in kind of uh, dissolved, so they... They decided to become a together band. A together band. This is Allison VV Mosshart on vocals and English guitarist Jamie Hotel Hints. VV and Hotel was uh, 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 the original name they went under. Uh, these guys have opened for Guns N' Roses and worked with a bunch of other bands. Um, this is a real stripped down lo fi version. Yeah, very much stripped down, like garagey, because there's a lot of like weird sounds. I yeah. Guess. I don't know if that's garagey. I guess um, the use of like that- feedback and stuff. Yeah, that punky sort of garage energy. Yeah. Um, Like, it comes in with, like, feedback and then these drums. And I think the drums are, like, a big part of the sound here. Because it's never really, like, a straight drum beat or anything. It's kind of like playing on these toms, just being like... Yeah, the start, it's it's a big, just one tom drum beat. With yeah. this, uh, like chugging, rising guitar pattern in between it. This ding, 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 ding. Yeah, and it and it ends up being like very sparse, and that's kind of how it continues. Like it doesn't change a ton. I guess it doesn't. Yeah, it, there's it gets. I a guess little the more changes that are on. there are kind of noticeable because there's not a whole lot. Yeah, going there's on. so little going on. We've got her singing quite low. Um, you know being all lo-fi and shit mm-hmm. yes get the like kind of break up around the edges of the vocals Sounds yeah like you, it's you on st- an old microphone like, yeah you you partic- 
vocal. Yeah, you particularly hear that breakup when she actually sings a little harder. What you had, and you go, oh shit! There's like you can hear the fuzz around the end. Mm-hmm. And it also this is where it picks up is when we start going into the. I think it's when we hit the chorus. And then like the drums kind of. Yeah, and there's a guitar beyond that. Oh, that sort of starts in the pre-chorus, but. Yeah. yeah, that starts in the pre-chorus. So this is this have a very distorted bass in it? Is that what like there's a guitar and then like a bass that doesn't sound totally like a bass? It's I mean he's a guitarist and uh, she doesn't play any instruments, so it's entirely possible it's just two guitar tracks. Yeah, one that I is. Sure. I'm I'm not sure either, so I I I'm leaning towards that just out of a like a simplicity right. solution. Right, because then you don't need as many instruments. But where's the fun yeah. in that? Where's the fun in not collecting too many large <laughs> pieces of hardware that are difficult to move around with you? Yeah, it's, it's a real joy. You just never move anywhere and then you're fine. Yeah. Never move anywhere in life. That's my advice. That is don't my advice anything. to y'all. That's right. Just keep it the same. That's how we solve our problems. Ignore Speaking them. of things that... Don't stay the same. These drums and guitars as we hit the chorus. Yes. Yes. Um, kind of get some more uh, guitar licks in, in the chorus. Yeah. Um, but they're short. Yeah. Very... And, then, and then as we near the end, you kind of get that. It happens a lot in lo-fi stuff when you start to build and it starts to get kind of cacophonous because you have these like mm-hmm. a lot of high frequencies sort of intermingling in the background. Yeah, part of the, all the different parts, and, and the drums have moved to this like sort of tom drum roll that ends in this like clacking. I don't know what kind of percussion that is, but it goes like tick tick. Could just be hitting the side of the drums. Could be, yeah. But yeah, it's still not quite like a a a solid thread of a drum beat. It's this, you know, it's fragmented. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, and yeah, it's just weird sounds, too. Mm-hmm. So then we come down a little bit for the second verse. It's louder and more aggressive than the original, but it's not at the chorus level. Then we really build the cacophony for the second chorus. Um, and she, uh, she emphasizes the last words of lines a lot in the chorus. What you held. Yeah, kind of causing that like microphone like breakup effect yeah in particular i guess her instrument is the microphone must be around 328 we get some vocal harmonies harmonies or like a backup vocal yeah from there's like male backup vocals from the other dude who goes by hotel hotel and this is where she's really pushing on her vocals. He's playing in the in the low area, kind of just talking out the lyrics. Yeah, and, and like about... as that sort of distortion grows, and then the the decay on the guitar is very like modulated, like woo 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 kind of. Yeah. Um, and it ends pretty fast. Yeah. So the four minutes we're we're going back down. We're down to basically just the drums doing their uh, fragmented rhythm and then that that rhythm guitar from the start or a bass if it is that right yeah and i said it ends fast and i guess i should uh, qualify that because there's actually a fair amount of 
just the instruments playing at the end. Once the sounds yeah. stop, they don't like fade out. Yeah. Yeah, and then things start to pick up a little more at four thirty-five. We get the 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 guitar kind of ringing out a bit, but it it just kind of leads back to the end. It tries to go up and then falters. So it does. That's this version. It's uh, it's certainly interesting in that it it tries to use like as little <laughs> as possible. It tries yeah, to be very it definitely sparse. tries to change things to the point where it's even like, in particular on the chorus, to like emphasize different words. So like mm-hmm. in the original, it's pretty distinctive how they say it like when the rain washes you clean you'll know whereas she says like when the rain washes you clean like it's just right different. yeah so it's just kind of further separating yeah we're, we're in more of that punk like realm with this so it, it does stand out amongst other covers i don't know if it's the greatest one but it's yeah i wasn't 100 percent on board i i respect that they're trying to change something maybe this just yeah. isn't my style so much i don't think it totally came together ultimately yeah it does just feel a little too empty maybe in the end Yeah, maybe or something and maybe it's just not my preference but it was respectable it was respectable. And with that, let's talk about another respectable cover, the Electric Peanut Butter Company Electric in 2013. This is another case of a person from the uh, the UK and a person from I don't remember if it was like the states or if it's Mexico. I'm Hang on, is, which which one is Sean Lee is an American musician. American? Oh, okay. He's American. Yeah. Never mind. For um, some reason is, I must have read the wrong thing. So it's Adrian Quesada and Sean Lee. And Adrian Quesada is in Texas, is based in Texas. I don't know where he's Texas. originally from though. All right. Well, maybe I mixed it up with something. Anyway, Maybe, so we've got an American musician and a musician from, you say England? I was going to say the UK. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know where Adrian Quesada is from. Oh. In any case. Um, and they were able to collaborate successfully remotely because they used the internet instead of mailing tapes back and forth. That's right. It's just 2013, baby. So Adrian Quesada is known as a film composer. He's also associated with the acts Brownout, uh, Ocote Soul Sounds. That might be Ocote Soul Sounds. Grupo Fantasma. Those are among his credits. Sean Lee is of Sean Lee's Ping Pong Orchestra fame, as well as Young Gun Silver Fox. He's one half of that. Oh, fuck. Uh, I, and I other projects. Th- I forgot to look them up because I was like, this sounds like Young Gun Silver Fox. But it doesn't say that in their description. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Damn. Uh, yeah, I had to like put a lot of pieces together to find. But I, I forgot to actually Google the the band. Well, so ping pong orchestra. Cool. Did we talk about a ping pong orchestra cover already? I don't think not because we talked about them. But I don't know we've if we've ever them. talked about them on the show. Yeah. And actually, we've talked about Young Gun Silver Fox as well. Again, I don't know if we talked about them on the show or just to each other. Yeah, because I listened to some Young Gun Silver Fox. Well, this version kind of sounds a little Young Gun Silver Fox. Not a lot, but it's in there. Not a lot. It really, for me, seems to draw more on the, the ping pong orchestra side of things. It's all there, man. 
But this does all remind me of a little bit of what I've heard of Young Gun Silver Fox. All right. So it's uh, this whole thing seems to be based around. It's almost a wall of sound, but uh, everything's a little more too distinct to make that blended sound. Right. Right. It's definitely uh, a lot more things going on than a lot of, particularly than the last version, which was very sparse. Yeah. Um, comes in with like this cool bass line. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a little, it's definitely more like groovy than a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Got that thing going on. Yeah. It's leaning towards like funk almost. Yes. And then like, like with that high guitar. Yeah. And that, that high guitar is essentially playing the same progression that the bass is playing. It does a few alterations like within that, but they're basically following the same notes. They're just like very far apart. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was going to burp, so I became very silent. And then we get, um, so hand drumming as well as a kit on this. Um, pretty much just keeping up a steady rock rhythm on the kit. Yeah, but it's groovy, man. It's groovy, baby. It's, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good rhythm on this. I'll say I'm not crazy about the singer on this. No? No, there's something about the voice doesn't do it for me. I guess so. I th- I would compare it to Richie Havens, but there's a lot more like effects going on here, and it doesn't have that same Yeah, he's not confidence, playing in that I guess. sort of low, bassy range. Yeah, well, Play no, that's the way true. you feel it. He's very almost nasally. Maybe. I, I I didn't bother me, the vocals here, personally. I don't know who I'm, sings. I don't know either. Because I know a lot of electric peanut butter. Well, maybe not electric peanut butter. I know, like, ping pong orchestra stuff, a lot of it's instrumental. Yeah, and they usually get guest singers if they do have a yeah. singer. So if this is a guest singer, I don't know who it is. If. Yeah, I mean, so for that... That section I was referencing with the nasally singing, there's a different singer that comes in to say it's only right that you should, and then oh. the main singer comes back in to say play it the way you feel it. That's a little odd. Yeah. Is it a different singer, or is it because they do kind of like change the way it happens? Like it's that part's a very singer like... because that singer comes back in to do the backing tracks. Okay. Yes, that part is a little odd because he definitely has like a different effect on his voice. It's a, it's like separated kind of into two, or maybe yeah, it's just so it's two a little, tracks. Huh? A little discordant that, it's so for me. Right, you should, and then like goes back into the. So it is a little weird that they would mm-hmm. switch that off. Sounds kind of cool, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily um, coherent. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't. If if there was an idea there, it didn't. It didn't hit me right. Yeah. Yeah. It, but they do kind of do that in that section where, like, the vocals change up because they do mm-hmm. kind of double up on the vocals for a second there. And that reminded me of, like, um, some Steely Dan songs because they have those, like, really tight harmonies. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. happening with those other vocals is there's, like, two or three tracks there where they're harmonizing with themselves. Kind of sounds like uh, the back of vocals in Peg. Okay, yeah. Which is a Steely Dan song. That is a Steely Dan song. Um. Yeah. Like. So. I, I'm talking about the instruments. Like. Everything seems to be like forming just sort of a a unified groove. 
Yes, it's that kind of a situation where they kind of sink into a groove for the song. Yeah, where nothing's really leading on this. Everything is just serving that groove. So you get, like, on the chorus, you'll get some more uh, organ on it. Yeah, which I think can be kind of like a funk thing. Where, yeah. like, the music doesn't necessarily move, but, like, it's the groove's so good it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that's, this the, is, that's the idea. Anyway. This funk works for me, whereas something like Scary Pockets doesn't. Yeah, this one, it's kind of, it, it feels more unassuming. Like, it's just, I don't know why. Um, but I'm also not totally on board with Scary Pockets a lot of the time. But, and even, like, this is also a cover. Like... Of yeah. a not funky song going into like this funk context. I don't understand the difference. But Yeah. This this works pretty well. Yeah, it works pretty well. So we do get a that high electric guitar that does some like noodling on the second verse, but again, it's still just in service of the the groove. It's just kind of attaching on rather than stealing focus. I guess the other part of this is this is much more like a studio thing. It's, mm. it's not like there's a video of them performing it live, which I don't know what the actual difference would be there, but that's kind of the superficial difference. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, worth mentioning on the chorus, there is a bell that comes in at the end of lines. Yes, the bell. Oh. Yes. And um, yeah, all this. Yeah. There's an organ that comes in later on, too, which just funky man yeah it's um they just set up a great instrumental groove i don't like the vocals on this you found them fine that's fine didn't hit it for me but i did find the instrumentals really good on this and i did think on 250 where he i think he hits the high notes i actually thought he did a good job so so yeah even though overall i didn't like the vocal performance still hits some of the high notes what more can you ask for yeah, didn't bug me, but sometimes there's just like frequencies that don't chive with your like ear for some reason. Yeah, I suppose so. For reasons we can't explain, or I can't explain. It's like how some um, people also, don't like cilantro. Yeah. And like how some people pronounce it cilantro, not cilantro. Yeah. It's like how some people still believe in vowels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the one thing I've, I forgot to note is the, the use of that sort of punctuation to shift between segments. Because they do that instead of a, uh, instead of a instrumental break or a guitar solo. Okay. Which, uh, which are you referring to? So like a full stop on instruments. Doom. Oh, right. And then you jump into the, into the, next, into the next segment. Which is kind of like a great groovy thing to do. Because like you set up a groove and then you take it away and you're like, it's right back into it. Like, ah, it's like you thought yeah. we were going to stop being groovy, but we didn't stop being groovy. But we didn't. And yeah, this version's three minutes. So it, it just kind of gets in and out. That's true. It's a lot faster. I, yeah. I think they were just like, we really want to set up a fun instrumental segment. I feel like the the vocals are sort of an afterthought. And then it's It's kind of more like, like they have a song and they're like, what can we put on it? Dreams? Sure. Yeah, cuz what's followed by Dreams on this album is a uh, a t- an in- a fully instrumental take of Dear Prudence by the Beatles called El Prudence, El Prudence. on this album. Oh, they got some They got some sitar going on. I think my mouse is dying. 
Uh, rest in peace, Alex's yeah. mouse. These I um, like these that, mice, but they last like a year, and then the clicker stops mm-hmm. working. Well, fuck that, man. Anyway, um, so that's this one. An interesting groove. Again, I don't think it quite hits at the the that quality that the original has, but it does stand as a little fun experiment, which is is something nice. With that, we're gonna move into 2019 to Lissy. Thunder. Yes. Who is an American singer-songwriter who opened for Lenny Kravitz in 2008 after Lenny Kravitz's friend tipped him off about her MySpace page. This is the slow piano version? Mm-hmm. I didn't like it very much. You didn't like I actually thought it was pretty good. She that opens with fine. this like tinkly, rainy piano, this yeah. I didn't like hate it. She's- yeah, it's kind of it's quite clear she's lukewarm. a big Stevie Nicks fan. I think she her, definitely has her, a Stevie Nicks sound like to her voice. Yeah, and in her uh, bio on Spotify, it mentions a, a a Stevie Nicks-esque song, which leads me to believe that part of the reason this one doesn't stand out is that she is unconsciously sort of aping Stevie Nicks as she sings because she loves Stevie Nicks. Possible. It's possible. Uh, but I thought she delivered a, a clear, strong vocal performance. This she is does sort of the whispery bullshit we get. She does have a pretty good voice, singing-wise. Yeah, and Sorry, while it is a bit boring and long... No, that's okay. It's a, While it is a bit boring and long, uh, I think you know she does a few little tricks with the piano to try and keep it interesting, that sort of like running yeah that like twinkling effect i guess it keeps it like fairly sparse and then brings the effects kind of back in throughout yeah at different points like like if we're talking sparse versions i think this one probably works better than the kills yeah i tend i tend to agree with that yeah um but yeah ultimately i think there are much more interesting covers and it you know, it's it's a slow piano cover. It's we we have to come in pretty critical of it. Yeah, it's kind of loses a few points for that. Um, there is a little piano solo right after the chorus, which is kind of mm-hmm. a bridge or whatever. Um, a lot of grace notes on that piano, which is just like when you play a quick note before your actual note. Okay, a lot of that going is on. Um, is that just a stylistic choice, or is that it's just, a, yeah, a it's kind of a of way a... of playing? I don't know if it necessarily means anything. Okay. But I, as someone who plays some piano, that was like the first, like, cool effect thing I learned. So, mm. I like to do that too. Right. When I can. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about this one. It's, I'd say, better than a lot of the piano covers we see on this show. Yeah, pretty straightforward overall. Like, it, but it's got like a solid build to it. Like, as the piano ramps up a bit throughout, but stays small. And then, yeah, like we said, that twinkling sound. Did you call it twinkling? I called it twinkling. Yeah, yeah, twinkling. Piano I think I called comes it out a couple times. So it's, it's yeah. nice. Everything about it is, like, nice. I, I didn't think it was, like, super remarkable or anything, but... Yeah, it's not mind-blowing, but, yeah. I mean, in in the, the league of cover versions it's amongst of, you know, these piano covers, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, no Peter Bent, but it's, We've it's all right. We've seen worse. Heard We've worse. seen worse for sure. Fuck. 
Um, Alex, you said there was a music video for this. Is it just her playing the piano? No, it's mostly her like sitting in the wilderness. Sometimes it's in black and white. Sometimes it's in color. I think it like she lives in like Iowa, I think. So I think it might just be like around where she lives or something. I don't know what the Iowa landscape looks like. But it's just like her with a with a coat on and like flowers sometimes. There's not a lot going on and she sings. Right. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing it. She's just lots of shots of her singing. And sometimes yeah, it's there in black she's and white. in the greenness. Oh, there she is. This could be uh, this could be a version of landslide. Yeah, it could definitely be landslide. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's her like uh, it's like it's her vacation a... shots, but they're put through a vintage filter. Yeah, and here she is singing under a blanket. Okay, yeah, it's it's fine. It's... Yeah. Um... <laughs> so, you know, if you had to put something together on short notice to be like, this needs to be evocative. You're like, I don't know. Uh, I went out on a hike the other day, took some shots, and I'm like, great. Let's throw some singing shots in between. Let's do it. They better be Polaroids. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we need this to look like it was shot in 1980. All right, fair enough. Way to go, Lissy. Putting in a, I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's an earning a paycheck kind of performance on this all around. Sure. You, you did your part. And we're not we're not sending it back for for another edit. It's it's good enough. With that, let's talk about pop, etc. in in the year 2019 as well. Yes. Formerly known as the Morning Benders, this is an indie rock band from Berkeley, California, based in Brooklyn now. Um, they've had some critical acclaim. Their uh, album Talking Through Tin Cans was deemed the best indie slash alt album of 2008 by iTunes. And they've played with some big acts that I have forgot to list here. Uh, the Kooks, Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. Probably some other ones too. The Black Keys, allegedly. The Black Key, yeah, that one didn't have a citation. Um, this is, imagine if a band, from, an indie band from 2008 was transported to the year 2019 and then just given they're like you now have to play dreams immediately or we're gonna murder you or something they were like someone bring me an acoustic guitar and a fucking i don't know echo pedal yeah and that's it baby that's it we had some lo-fi string slides on this it's acoustic guitar yep he's doing his whispery indie baby voice yep it might be double tracked it's it's the most boring one to me yeah, there's not a whole lot going on here. They kind of keep it even, uh, mostly just strum, kind of like a bit muted, and and sing the song, and like that's it. Yeah, the most interesting part of this is the end when he puts the guitar down and starts mumbling some other song. <laughs> what song? I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. I'm listening right now. No idea, but he just starts singing another song. He does start singing another song, and it doesn't connect. I like I checked on the 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 EP, and it doesn't connect to the next one or anything. It's just like just gets just cut some off. shitty luck in fingerprints. there. Fingerprints. You would think, like if I had just recorded a song and I was putting the thing down, I'd probably still be humming. Like if it was dreams, and like only happens, I'd probably still yeah. say that part. But it, he's on some other shit. More songs should lead into each other. That's what I think. I, I agree with that as well. Um, yeah, this one's boring. It's an acoustic cover. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I didn't know great in 2008. Like, it would not crushed. really much of note. Like I'm looking through my vote notes. I'm like, yeah. And there is none. It's an acoustic cover with spacey vocals. Okay. All Way right. So we got three categories for a final verdict. Best version, worst version, and the version you'll play while looking out the window on a rainy day. On a rainy day. Alex, what's the worst version of this and what why? What is the worst version of this and why is it the worst version? I mean, all of them I either thought were okay or like kind of respected to some degree. But like, just, Pop Etc. was just like boring. And Even like, the name itself is like... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I guess like very dismissive of of themselves. Like it's self-effacing yeah, or something. Yes. I don't know. Um, and like the other ones were like fine. That one was even probably I I didn't really like Lissy that much either. But between those two, that Papa Setter was definitely the less interesting version. Yeah, I agree with that. Worst version, just just nothing to offer. At least like Lissy had some some technique. She tried to make the the piano version pop, and while it wasn't like a hundred percent successful, it it felt like a good effort. Yeah. Whereas, Pop etc. was knocked out in, in two minutes. This is Definitely. less time than it took to write the song. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, Alex, best version. Best version. I think there were a couple good ones. A couple ones I liked. A couple ones that were interesting. Uh, but ultimately, and I think it's close, but I think Richie Havens wins out in the end. Uh, he's just got mm-hmm. a good sound. And, uh, yeah. and I like the way he sounds, man. Yeah, I really do like the sound on Richie Havens. Uh, for me, I'm going to actually pick um, fucking, what is it? Deep Dish featuring Stevie Nicks. Deep cause it, Dish. It picks up on that, that dance beat that kind of is is hidden in the original. Right. And it gets Stevie Nicks on the track, which is impressive, and plays uh, successfully with the simplicity of the original and, and does these different synth noises that say, like, hey, this is Dreams, but it's also... Not like a little off, which it's itself new. is like is what dreams are, where it's like the thing you it's recognize. It's a nightmare, but a little off, yeah, potentially a nightmare. Also, the music video is weird as shit, but like, <laughs> I think yes. that's actually a mark but against honestly, it. But honestly, like the music video is weird, but like it's way more effort than like the Coors one, which oh, apparently yeah. won awards. It's like, hey, let's do this whole thing and then let's do it backwards. I'm like, okay, that's that's an interesting idea. Like, let's tell this whole story backwards. Yeah, and then like there's this weird ritual, and and someone gets killed or whatever, and maybe it means something, and maybe it doesn't, but it's like a a story we filmed. Yeah, it's at least visually compelling. Yeah, even if they are a little too obsessed with like, look at this thing reform. <laughs> like, guess who dropped another mug? Uh, yeah, and it's always like they couldn't think of anything else that could break and reform. They're like, so, oh, no, what, what do you drop on the ground? Oh, fucking no, man, a teacup? Like uh, <laughs> a teacup? They're like, what? What? What about a teapot? Like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Smash that China shit. China being the material. Uh, so, yeah, not- <laughs> porcelain. Uh, <laughs> Not referring to the Coors music video, which is for some reason shot in a Chinese temple. So yeah, True. I'm gonna give it to them because hey, yeah, dance music's gotta have their wins on the show too. And True, it might as well be doesn't this happen one. that often. But Alex, what's your your rainy day track? Rainy day track, feeling a little sad. I feel. I mean, I feel like it's too obvious to say Lissy because staring out the window and listening to slow piano music like that's. Oh yeah. <sighs> you know what my rainy day music is? It's uh some good old. Good old Irish folk. Listen to some chords. 
and then I'll yeah. and then listen to their song Breathless, which is the other chorus song I know. That's right. Which I forget how it goes. <laughs> right. Leave me breathless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good choice. I'm gonna go with Richie Havens because that's just a comforting voice yeah. to have on a on a rainy that's day. That's a good move. Rainy day, Richie Havens. Old Rainy Richie. Rainy Richie. That's our verdict. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, or want to talk to us about a cover version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy, or you can reach us at our email at CoverMePod at gmail.com. That's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. Rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I think we're on Anchor. We're on, I think we're on Amazon Podcasts. They sent me an email, and they're like, it's here, and I couldn't find it. But I don't know. If you guys can find it, let me know. I didn't even know Amazon Podcast. Stop using Amazon for podcasts. Yeah, I mean. Also. <laughs> that said, that we've got a bonus segment. Um, there is a lot of songs that are called Dreams. This is a, an old chestnut of a bonus segment. We call it Same Song, Different Chorus. Today, we're talking about two songs with the with the name Dreams, one by the Cranberries, Uh-oh. and one by Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, who passed recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, I'm going to read you some lines. Okay, I want to say these are not songs I know very well. That's actually very good, because I tried to make these <laughs> as difficult <laughs> as possible. All right, like let's if, go. Because if you look at them, they're very distinct. Here we go. Yes, I'm just going to feed good. them to you. The truth gets left behind and falls between the cracks. Cranberries. Uh, no, Alex. That is Van Halen. These are all guesses. So okay, I I mean that's naturally yes. I want more. Cranberries. That is the cranberries. I wanted to trick you with that one. I thought that was going to be the. <laughs> that sounds like a Van Halen kind of guesses, thing. man. All right. Next one is ah la ya la la ya la ah uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> Fuck. Um. <laughs> Cranberries. <laughs> that is the cranberries. <laughs> um, I know I felt like this before, but now I'm feeling it even more. That's gotta be Van Halen, man. <laughs> it's not. That's Damn the cranberries. It. I should just say cranberries for all of them. I should have stuck okay. with my guns. Oh, that's what dreams are made of. Cranberries. No. Damn it. And in the end, on dreams we will depend. I listened to the Cranberries version because I kept searching Dreams and that's what kept coming up. Yep. But I, I still don't know it very well. I listened to it like one time. And like I recognized the po- like the song. Right. I think it's popular enough, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just the lyrics you don't know. It's yeah, fine. I, d- it I don't know the lyrics at all. Cranberries. It's not the Cranberries. Ah, it's Van, Van Halen. Halen. You reach for the golden ring. Reach for the sky. See... Now, I want to say Cranberries, but here's the thing. If you look at the Van Halen album that Dreams is on, there's a golden ring hmm. above the man. So I think I got to say Van Halen just for that, that reason is, alone. That is Van Halen, Alex. <laughs> um, you should listen to both of those songs. They slap. Dreams by Van Halen is, uh, is really one to get you going. I have never given um, Van Hagar a chance, and I should. You should. They I got should. some good shit. Um, that was our segment. You got, what, two right? Three right, I think. Who can remember? Um, anyway, that was our bonus segment, which brings us to the end of the episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, Cover Me only happens when it's Tuesday.
or you know whatever day you listen but that's you can't listen on Tuesday. 